0: Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I'm on the phone with Brian, and on today's episode we're going to be reviewing the 2019 American horror comedy Zombieland Double Tap, directed by Ruben Flesher and starring Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Abigail Breslin, and Emma Stone. And this is the sequel to 2009's Zombieland which followed a group of survivors in a post-apocalyptic zombie world. Um, Brian, I was a little disappointed that this was the only big uh, horror film coming out this October.
1: Did that bum you out at all? Um, Boy, was it really the only, I guess it was maybe the only theatrical release, wasn't it? I think so,
0: yeah. I mean, like, we had it, like, back in September, and and that Stephen King one, uh, Doctor Sleep is
1: November, right? Yeah. There was movies like uh, Haunt came out this month. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of that one. And no, and that's a that's a theatrical release? N- I don't think it is. I feel like there's been some like VOD things that are have a lot of buzz around them in the horror community released this month, but uh oh. maybe Satanic Panic too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I haven't. But I think there are some some non-theatrical releases coming out this month. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, it's just weird because I feel like every year around this time you have like one of the series uh, or like the franchises like Paranormal Activity or Saw or like one of the uh, Conjuring series or something kick
1: in. It's just, it's just weird that uh, there was nothing this year. Yeah, that is a little strange. Uh, oh, you know what? Um, Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse comes out. It yeah. might already be out as we're recording this, but it's not where it's not anywhere near me yet. But it comes out, I think, tomorrow or the day after in theaters near me. Yeah, I think
0: you're right. But that is that like a, I what I'm hearing is that that's not even like maybe a horror that's more
1: comedy maybe. I don't know. I've been trying to avoid exactly what The Lighthouse is just cuz okay. I want to be surprised. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really excited
0: about that one. Uh yeah, you me too. you're right. I I, I guess that's a, I it, I feel like the big uh, release for October was The Joker, which I haven't seen yet. Have you seen that? I have not no. I'm guessing that it's got like some horror psychological themes, but maybe not. I don't know. I
1: haven't seen the either. there. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe a dark thriller.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a dark thriller. Uh, okay. So yeah, this is kind of like the biggest release, I guess, on the theatrical side that's somewhat tangential to horror. And, um, this is a sequel. It came out 10 years after the original, which, uh, that's, that's a pretty big gap. Uh, did you read more about like
1: why there was this big delay? I couldn't find too much of a reason other than the old explanation that it basically got stuck in development hell, Mm -hmm. which there's a Wikipedia entry for development hell, (laughs) (laughs) but essentially it's just like the the script was out there and studios weren't quite ready to do it yet or the I can't remember what all the ins and outs were, but for various reasons it just didn't happen until now. Yeah, it just kind of
0: sat around. Yeah, uh, but it's it's kind of funny because uh, it sounds like right when they made that two thousand and nine movie, like everyone was on board for a sequel, and then like after a year went by, like the tone started to shift. Where some of the actors were like, "Well, uh, I don't know if it's worth the sequel." And then like yeah, ten years later, it's just surprising that uh, like maybe finally in like twenty sixteen, seventeen they confirmed a script, and then twenty eighteen got into production. So it's just funny how how this one kind of evolved. Yeah, it
1: is pretty strange, and it works out to be like a ten year anniversary thing. But uh, yeah, that's pretty convenient. Actually. Yeah. Um, I have to wonder how excited the actors truly were at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I wanted that too. And then I read something that there were all these like fans that were wanting this to happen. Who are these fans? Did have you? Heard, <laughs> when was the last time you ran into someone that
1: was like, "Oh man, they need to make a sequel for Zombie Land too"? Or Zombie Land One. <laughs> I think in general the zombie, the desire for zombies media has died down. Yeah, there's there's just been so much, right? Yeah, I think we've talked about this in prior episodes, but it just feels like the peak of it was kind of zombie land and then it it died down and it's almost and that was about the time the walking dead started too. Yeah. And I feel I, like the walking dead has maybe contributed to a bit of a like oversaturation.
0: Yeah, now I was, was going to say the same thing like the walking dead like it's is it like 9 seasons in now? Or something. Boy,
1: yeah, something like that.
0: And it just, like, hits you over the head every week with, like, this, like, stale zombie story. So,
1: yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that's kind of numbing people out to zombies. Yeah, and I mean, there are definitely people that still love that show, but I think a, a good chunk of fans have been like, well, I dropped off season whatever. What what season did you drop off on? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Wait, did, yeah. did you watch that for a while? I think I dropped off around season four. Mm,
0: yeah, I don't think I made it too far beyond that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting to see another zombie movie in theaters. Um, what do you what like stuck out to you about the first film? Do you, do you remember a lot of
1: it? I thought the characters were really intriguing, and I liked all those actors. Mm-hmm. And I did not think it was funny, and just kind of uh, yeah. I, I thought mostly it was just funny and fun.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, the characters, the the writing. There, there's also like a really good stylized production of it. It was very stylized, yeah, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the yep. irreverence of it. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Jesse Eisenberg was still like, kind of new on the scene back then. He was like this fresh talent. Uh, he was kind of like that whole neurotic kind of personality. Because um, before that, maybe he was like in Kick-Ass or like something, but but nothing like too big at that time.
1: Yeah, I remember when I first saw that, I was like, this is kind of like the new Michael Sarah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what everyone dubbed him like when they first saw him. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Sarah two point and it was a likable character and a likable story. I thought. Y- yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember liking that one a lot, and then uh, obviously like it had a huge cameo in it, which we'll talk about on the spoilers. But I thought that that was pretty memorable from the first one. Yeah, indeed it was,
1: and I liked the uh, the callback to it in this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, I, I think in this one, uh, you know, you still have those four main characters, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Ab- Abigail Breslin, and Emma Stone. And then you're adding in uh, four or five new people, which I thought were cool additions, Zoe
1: Dutch, who did, did you, have you seen her before? She looked so familiar to me and I looked back, I, I think I had seen one or two things she she was in. Okay. I, 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 yeah, she has a very familiar face, but I, I didn't recognize her from anything. Yeah, um, she's uh, Leah Thompson's daughter.
0: Yeah, who who's that?
1: <laughs> I was like, he's not going to know. Who that. Yeah. Uh, I think most recognizable as the uh, the mom from Back to the Future. Oh, really? Slash love interest. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, yeah, mom slash love interest. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only time you can put those together. Um, and then her, Zoe's dad, uh, I think he's famous as well. I can't remember what for, but he went to OSU. Oh, cool. Ohio
0: There's Connection? Her.
1: Ohio connection. Nice.
0: I think he's Howard, right? Howard something? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I think both were actors. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't recognize them, but that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you got Rosario Dawson, uh, Luke Wilson, Thomas Middleditch. Uh, I, I, I thought those were all kind of cool actors to throw in the mix.
1: Yeah, agreed. I especially liked Rosario Dawson's role.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um overall performance of the film has been kind of mixed. I think it's got like a 67% Rotten Tomatoes. It's only earned $37 million against its budget of 45 or $48 million. So I doubt it's uh, you know as successful as the first installment. Do you, I, I didn't look up the numbers on the first one, did you?
1: I did not look up the numbers on the first one, no. And it's tough to tell. I don't know enough about how the box office trends to know what it's going to end at, if that's its opening weekend. But... Mm-hmm. It might make its money back. I think I read that they spent like sixty some million on advertising, and the budget was forty some million, so oh, yeah, I think it had have to make like a hundred million at the box office to be profitable. Wow,
0: yeah i I definitely uh i I see like ads for this all over the place. It's like on the sides of buses and trains uh I think they've been building this one up a lot.
1: Yeah, well, actually, you know what? I take that back it'd have to make like two hundred million because the theaters take half. Oh, wow. So yeah, it might be tough. Yeah. <laughs> and coming out at the same time as uh it came out at the same time as Maleficent and The Joker, so yeah. It's tough competition.
0: Yeah. I mean against The Joker, you think you think Maleficent
1: uh poses a real threat? Yeah, maybe not to the Zombieland crowd. Mm. Yeah. Um, the Joker for know. sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've, ran into one person, uh, our friend Budin, who was on the podcast earlier, who was pretty excited about Zombieland too. So there's a crowd of people out there, I guess, who this, uh, who are like kind of hyped up about this one.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I was excited about it too. Uh, less excited as it approached because I just wasn't really hearing anything about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. I was, I, was, I went into it kind of lukewarm, like kind of mid, mid to low expectations. Yeah, yeah, tempered uh, excitement. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Uh, the director, uh, Ruben Flesher, um, this was his, uh, Zombieland was his first film back in 2009, but he's done some like great work since then like 30 minutes or less Venom, which I've heard is in that great gangster squad. And now this one, uh, do you like this guy? Uh, I think so.
1: There, yeah. I don't want to f- fully reveal how I feel about this movie yet, but it had some weaknesses, but I'm not sure how much of it was his fault. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, overall like he's pretty good behind the camera and, and like he's got a unique style overall.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the cinematographer I feel is a bit of a standout here. Um mm-hmm. gosh, what's his name? Chung Hoon Chung. Oh. Cool. You know him? I don't. He did Old Boy and some other notable stuff, but yeah, I thought he did a solid job. Wow. From Old Boy, that's crazy. Yeah. Pretty big name.
0: Um you know, I was, I was looking back at the 2009 film and kind of like who these actors were back then versus now. And I was thinking probably out of the four, um, you know, whose career has maybe changed the most. I would say Jesse Eisenberg, like when this 2009 one came out, he was kind of an unknown versus like today. I feel like he's done some more bigger blockbuster stuff and he's probably the one who's had like the biggest career change since then. Do you think that's fair? Um,
1: hmm, I don't know. I think Emma Stone might be because yeah. she's an Oscar winner now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But she's not like blockbuster level though,
0: where you have Jesse Eisenberg who's done like Social Network, Batman versus Superman, uh, Now You See Me, like these are, like big blockbuster films. Uh, Emma Stone, I feel like she, she's done like a lot of like good indie stuff and like La La Land got her that award. But I feel like, she, is she like at the star power
1: that Jesse Eisenberg is at? Hmm. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, she's chosen some more artsy roles, but I think... She still has more, she, I think she might have more, like, brand recognition than Jesse Eisenberg.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see
1: that, actually. Yeah, but it's I, a, it's a bit of a toss up there. hmm
0: Yeah, I, I guess, uh, I've always, like, kind of known Emma Stone, and, like, I, I feel like she's always, like, had a, like, since, like, uh, Easy A, maybe, or, uh, I forget what her, some of her early work was, but, yeah, I've, I've always liked her. She's, she's been really good.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, cool. she's great. The whole cast is great. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's one really strong point about this movie. Um any anything else to add before
1: we talk about the plot spoilers? Uh not really. I think that's about all I got. Oh, that Chung Hung Chun, the um cinematographer also did it from twenty seventeen. Oh, cool. Wow, he's yeah. been a busy guy. Yeah. Yeah, him. but
0: but that's about all I have on the background. All right. Cool. Well then uh yeah, well, let's jump into the plot, the spoilers, our review of it. Um, but before we do that, do you mind if I take a quick break? I just want to rewatch Garfield parts one and two <laughs> before the third one comes out.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, go ahead. Take take a All few right. hours.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I'll be right back.
1: Okay. Hey. Right.
0: All right, Brian, I'm back. Yeah, how, yeah. How were they? Oh man, such a great <laughs> series. I really <laughs> hope they do a third one. Uh, <laughs> Bill Murray does this uh, great thing in Garfield uh, where he hacks up a hairball. Um, do you know? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> do you? Can he? Can he do that? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know how he's doing that. It's wild. I was the only person in the theater that hung around for that bonus scene. Are you serious? Everyone else left? Everybody left. Oh, wow. Uh, damn. We, hey, we, would you have left if, if you didn't know about it? I have been, ever since we started doing this podcast, maybe even before, I've been staying until the very end of every movie. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, because you like to get up at the end and tell everyone your review of it. Everyone is <laughs> yeah. <in> the theater. <laughs> I speak to an empty theater. Yeah. That's <laughs> and then when I practice. eat the stale popcorn. Yeah,
0: right. Your, your movie theater. Off the floor. Your popcorn, Ryan. <laughs> Famous Asheville uh, movie going, <laughs> so, so,
1: don't leave your popcorn after the theater. You feel something gnawing at your feet. Yeah, mm. it's just bright. He just wants your popcorn.
0: Yeah, you know surprisingly, uh, at the, at the end of this one, there were still some people in the theater when these uh, post credit scenes came up, but they were all sleeping. It was really weird. I I went to like this late night showing in Ohio, and it was like on a Tuesday night, and I, I was just surprised like everyone was kind of like asleep, and That's I guess uh,
1: really weird. weird.
0: Yeah, like, I, I, why didn't they just go home and sleep? I, I was weird. I thought it was weird they came came to theaters to take a nap. A nice twelve dollar nap. Yeah, that's a pricey nap. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So let's talk about this movie. What happens? Um, we'll hit some spoilers. So uh, this movie kicks off doing uh, this narrated segmentation of zombies, and basically uh, Jesse Eisenberg he's narrating and he's saying. You know, since the apocalypse, we've identified three types of zombies. They're the homers, which are these really dumb zombies. These ninjas, which are the kind that of like sneak up on you, and uh, these the Hawkins, which are like these kind of smarter zombies. And I I really like this because I don't I don't think I've ever seen this in a zombie movies where uh, they're like segmenting the zombies. Have you seen that before?
1: Uh, I don't think I have. No, it's kind of fun. It made me think of a video game or something. Yeah, like you get different points for different zombies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. I feel like in most movies, zombies are like blurred as one entity, and you can't tell the difference between them. And, and it was kind of cool to see the, like this uh, you know, three three segment approach. I like that. Yeah. Um, so then we're introduced again to the four main characters, which are Tallahassee, which is Woody Harrelson, Columbus, played by Jesse Eisenberg, Wichita, played by Emma Stone, and Little Rock, played by Abigail Breslin. Um, and there's this opening montage of them killing zombies in this open field as they're marching towards the White House.
1: And I thought this was a pretty cool scene. Did, did you like this one? I was so hyped for this movie when this scene came on. They were It was like slow motion zombie fighting with um, Metallica's Master of Puppets playing in the background. Oh, that's what that song was? Yeah. I and mean, yeah. I feel like I almost, I probably literally had chills during this scene. I was just like, <laughs> yes, like this is what I came for and I'm so excited now. Yeah. And this is like where the movie
0: succeeds. It's like that, that violence. It's, it's like pretty gory. Um, it's like slow motion and like overly stylized. Like that's that's kind of what this franchise is known for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is the takeaway from this movie for me. Spoiler already on my review. But <laughs> it, this, the style of it, and it's consistent with the last one. It's just, it's something special to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and yeah, this, this is really cool to have this right off the bat. Uh, so then they go and they move into the White House and they get all settled in. And basically they, they use this as like the foundation to set the relationship dynamics of the movie, which is Columbus and Wichita have been in a relationship for a while. But uh, Columbus being Jesse Eisenberg, you know, he's, he's very um, neurotic and like, you know, very uh, organized and like on top of things, Wichita is more like the badass girl who's like, um, you know, more kind of removed, I guess. And then Tallahassee and Little Rock where. Little Rock kind of feels like Tallahassee is playing like this overly protective father figure, and she needs more in life. I think that was like the main dynamic they're setting up here, right?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So then, and also like they're a tight knit family, but there's there are yeah. these complications. Yeah, like like with every tight knit family. That's true. Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, I guess at the end of the day, this is basically a family drama. Um, so at at some point, uh, Columbus proposes to Wichita. And, uh, her reaction is the next morning she and her sister, Little Rock take off and they leave a note saying like, you know, they, they're heading off the road on their own. Um, so then Columbus and Tallahassee now are on their own. They go to a mall about a month later and they, and you know, they're just talking and they run into, uh, a girl named Madison who's, uh, kind of like a stereotypical, like uh, ditzy blonde girl who was like living in
1: the Pinkberry freezer. Um <laughs> is that be a good way to describe her? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it was a bit of a ridiculous blonde stereotype to me. Yeah. It was like just kind of olden- like hasn't hasn't this been done like <laughs> <laughs> I felt like we were done with this in like the mid 90s. That's a, I felt that way with a lot of the things that like the
0: humor and like the 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 script in this is like a lot of these things like may have been funny like 10 15 years ago or more so. But like yeah, you think we're like past this now. We're like there's a stereotypical blonde on screen.
1: Yeah, and I wonder how much... I can't remember from the on-again, off-again-ness of whether or not this movie was actually going to happen over the past 10 years. I don't know if some of the script was written way back when or just Mm -hmm. kind of the story was mapped out a bit. But, yeah, some of (laughs) the jokes didn't land for me, and I I wonder if that's why. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it's it's hard to
0: know when they actually wrote this. And even, like, uh, you know... Tallahassee and Columbus, like Tallahassee's like this overly masculine, uh really aggressive, like hates pacifists, hates like uh um hippies and all this stuff. And, and, and that kind of feels like two thousand nine more than like something that we'd like understand or uh you know, get behind today.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit. Hmm.
0: Yeah, but anyway, I, I, for 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 all that you know, yeah, being stereotypical and maybe kind of dated, I did like the introduction of Madison. I thought she brought kind of like some fresh blood at at this point, and she was she was like pretty funny, right? Yeah, I thought she did a good job in the role, even though it wasn't always the best writing. Yeah, yep, uh, yeah, her acting was great, and and so her and Columbus hit it off. They end up hooking up. You know, he's kind of like recovering from breaking up with Wichita, but then that night Wichita returns uh, and tells them that Little Rock. Has taken off with uh, some uh, some pacifist from Berkeley, uh, and oh, his name is Berkeley, and that that's the name he goes by. And uh, and she knows. She also lets them know that there's a new type of zombie out there that they're calling the T eight hundred, just because it's it's a more sophisticated and stronger type of zombie. So then the story kicks off as as the four of them now like kind of take off in a minivan, which Tallahassee is like uh, really against. But they head off towards Graceland uh, to find Little Rock and, and save her from, like, this new zombie threat. Um, and there's a lot of, like, jokes here about, like, there's this friction with uh, Madison and Wichita. And, then, and they're just kind of making fun of her and, like, being really mean to her. And then uh, Tallahassee's, like, hating the fact that he's in a minivan. Uh, did that
1: get old to you at all? Yes, it did. Tallahassee in general, I don't think his character landed in this movie at all for me. Like... Mm-hmm. I like Woody Harrelson, I like the character, but yeah, the, not to be a broken record, but the jokes that they wrote for him were, they weren't that good and they were kind of kicking a dead horse. Yeah, it was very like one note the whole time. Yeah, like the van thing happened over and over again. And <laughs> oh man, when they, when Emma Stone's character came back and said like, she's dating this guy, he's a pacifist. yeah. There's this, like, two-minute scene <laughs> where Woody Harrelson just, like, knocking stuff over in the room, yelling about the fact that this guy's a pacifist. Yeah, yeah. And I was, like, embarrassed for the movie <laughs> at that
0: point. Yeah, it's like, we get it. Like, where do you, we get where you're trying to go. You don't have to, like, hit us uh, over the head with this one.
1: Yeah. Like, if you thought. could have seen, like, a five five stars, like, floating above my head <laughs> well, as I was watching this movie, it, like, hit. It was, like, a meter that was on every star at one point of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and right then it was at a one. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Low point for sure
0: is yeah, uh, his reaction. And, and he, right. Throughout the whole movie he's kind of like in that same element and character and
1: he never really kind of progresses or changes. hmm <laughs> Uh Yeah, so that was one thing that was good about the first movie is he was like that, but then you had this big emotional reveal about his like inner personal past and emotional yeah. life. And you didn't yeah. really have that here.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, I I don't really remember that from the first one, but uh, yeah, I do remember like it it didn't feel like like this the whole time, and that makes sense if it was like more of a background or like more of a reveal.
1: In the first one, spoiler alert for the first one, I don't know why you'd be willing to spoil this and not the first one, but Mm -hmm. he's been talking about his puppy the whole movie, and then it's revealed in the flashback that the puppy's actually, was his son. Oh,
0: shit. Damn. Yeah, that's heavy.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, and something like that kind of like helps uh, offset like some of the aggression and in in that that tone he's at. But in right. this one, yeah, you don't really have that, I guess.
1: Yeah, he wasn't as complex of a character in this one. Yep,
0: yep. So yeah, they all take off towards Graceland, uh, and on the way there, they get in this fight with some zombies, and you get the impression that Madison uh, kind of gets bit during one of the fights. And then they're in the car later, and she gets sick and starts throwing up, which we later learn is like one of the signs of like being converting and being converted into a zombie. And then uh, the group makes Columbus take her out into the woods and shoot her. And uh, you know, I was, I was kind of bummed because uh, I, I thought like, oh man, you know, she's only in the film for twenty minutes or so. But I, I mean, like, what did you think at this point?
1: Uh, I I didn't really have any vibes either way on her. I liked her well enough, but. I wasn't disappointed; she was gone. I was just excited because by this point, the movie was picking up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I felt like the first twenty minutes or so felt like a really long backstory, and it was it was getting dull. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to see some action come back. Yeah, it wasn't until they hit the road that I thought this this picked up.
0: Yeah, so uh, they make it out to Graceland. Uh, they find Little Rock's car outside of this Elvisine Motel. They go in there and uh, they're looking around for her. And this part I thought was pretty uncharacteristic, where Woody Harrelson just like sits down and starts like jamming out on the piano. And uh, while he's doing that, uh, Rosie Rosario Dawson's character Nevada sneaks up on him and and, like kind of points a gun at him. Uh, It it didn't seem like Tallahassee just like stroll into like a brightly lit place and just start like jamming on the piano. Wasn't that kind of weird? They were a little careless here, yeah. Yeah. I was taking a big uh, leap of faith. Didn't um, follow any of uh, Columbus's rules. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then uh, Tallahassee, Nevada, they, they get really close uh, and pretty chummy. And then uh, the next day, they encounter Luke Wilson and Thomas Middleditch, who are whose names are Albuquerque and Flagstaff. Um, they come and meet up with them, and there's this kind of funny scene where you realize like how similar they are to Tallahassee and Columbus. And then um, there's some... Good banter between them. There's also some kind of like really sexist humor here about like, uh they're, they're talking about like whose parking lot it was and who owns it. And it's like a, a metaphor for Rosario Dawson. Um, did, did, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of, out of I, it didn't seem very appropriate, but
1: I don't know. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where sometimes I feel like if a joke is inappropriate, but it's funny, you don't really think about it. But when yeah. it doesn't land, it's just like, ugh. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. You're calling like uh, here a parking lot that's okay. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, uh, then then we get our uh, we, we get another attack and this time it's by the t 800s and Albuquerque and Flagstaff, uh, you know, they're kind of full of themselves, so they got there to kill them. They come back and it turns out they've been bitten and they both uh, turn and they attack the group, uh, but the group's able to defeat them. So then the rest of the group decides to head towards Babylon, which is where they know Little Rock has gone. And on the way, they run into Madison again, who it turns out wasn't converted into zombie, but was just having a peanut allergy, which I kind of like a because she was eating like a trail mix right before uh, she converted. So I I kind of catch. Yeah. You you didn't uh, think that you you thought I didn't
1: didn't catch that, but they did mention about the trail mix later.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, it, and like right before like she started like having those uh, reactions, like she was eating something and uh, and yeah, you don't see Columbus actually shoot her, which like in a gory movie I thought that was surprising that you wouldn't show that. So I, I kind of saw that she would be back in the film. Right. Uh, but yeah, they so then they, they the I guess the four of them now go to Babylon and they find little rock. She's staying in kind of this hippie commune where all the guns have been destroyed and it kind of looks like a burning man uh, structure. Or something like you would see where people are just like around in drum circles and the only rule is like no group sex apparently.
1: Yeah, no guns and no group sex. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Two things to remember in any zombie apocalypse. (laughs) Uh, So then uh, after this group's reunited, uh, this part was weird. They were like, Tallahassee just decides like it's time for him to follow his Native American ancestry and abandon this group and go like follow his roots. Uh, I, I didn't get this, because like, the whole movie is like them trying to group up and like become a family again, and then he's just like, all right, it's time for me to go. Did you think that was weird?
1: It was a little weird. There were some like big, quick jumps in character motivation that weren't really fully developed enough to, for me to get buy-in. Or, uh-huh. I don't know. There were just a couple of things that happened so fast that it was like, hmm. It, yeah. it just felt like we were being shuffled along from one plot point to the next.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like, these decisions, most of the times, like, they just happened and they weren't, like, in context of uh, behaviors you were seeing or anything.
1: Yeah. Yep. Or, like, the uh, this isn't quite the same, but Mm -hmm. in the climax, essentially, where it looks like they're doomed, Mm -hmm. like, it goes from them being, like, okay, we've got the upper hand to, like, oh, no, we're screwed in, like, 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, all the drama is lost because there was no, like... It it didn't really toy with the pacing enough. It was just yeah this happened then this happened and this happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, there wasn't that element of suspense really because yeah, it was just very event to event. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I don't think this director's that good. <laughs> could be the script too. It's it's hard to tell. Yeah, it is hard to tell sometimes uh yeah so yeah so so tell taken off he leaves babylon and on the way out he runs into a bunch of t-800 zombies that are running towards babylon so he turns around and gets back to warn them unfortunately no one there has guns because uh they burned them all so instead they set up these fire traps which i think is what you're talking about where they set up this big like fire trap right yeah uh but it does like minimal damage and these zombies are still like kind of coming after them and you think they're all gonna die but then nevada rolls in on a monster truck saves them and uh and then like, gets them to safety, and now they're running up this building, being chased by the zombies, and they're on the roof, and the zombies are chasing Tallahassee, and he leads them right off the edge of the roof and jumps onto uh, a hanging crane, and basically uh, all the zombies jump off and die. And then uh, the movie ends with uh, everyone reunited, talking about how uh, home isn't a place, but it's a group of people you're with, and uh, Tallahassee, uh, accepts oh no sorry Wichita accepts Columbus's proposal from the beginning and they get married I think this is another point to your point earlier where like why did she like suddenly have a change of heart like what happened that like in the beginning she was in she was afraid of commitment and now like she's all about it
1: uh, yeah it just th- th- kind of felt like they were checking the boxes and there wasn't really any development or character arcs that we didn't really have much buy in yeah yeah exactly exactly kind of robotic like, in way. here are the things that need to happen for a, this to be a cohesive plot but <laughs> yeah it just wasn't really an emotional roller coaster along the way yeah
0: agreed agreed um, and then uh, fortunately we get this pretty I, I thought this was a, kind of a fun post credit scene where uh, you know if, if you remember in the first film they kill Bill Bur- Bill Murray And there's reference to it in this one uh, at some point where Nevada's like, oh, I'm going to kill the people who killed uh, Bill Murray if I ever run into them.
1: Uh, Yeah, she she makes some, she's like, oh, you almost got murried or like somebody (laughs) got murried. And it's just like in Zombieland, it's like a known thing that Bill Murray was (laughs) killed by people who thought he was a zombie. And now that term is called, there's a term for it called murried. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was pretty good. (laughs) I like that dialogue there. Yeah, that
0: was funny. Uh, and so this post credit scene, it's Bill Murray again. He's doing he's doing these interviews with uh, Al Broker about Garfield Three, and they're like asking like, why why did you feel like this deserved a third film? And I wonder if like they're trying to be cheeky here to like be like, why did you need a sequel for Zombieland or something? Uh, I, I don't know if there are you know if there's a double uh, entendre there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and then uh, but this all happens like right as the zombie invasion happens, so he does this interview and then the interviewer turns into a zombie and then he's basically killing all the zombies and that's how the movie ends uh anything else i missed that you think
1: is worth calling out um oh one thing i wanted to point out with luke wilson and thomas middleditch's characters i don't think we mentioned they were like uh bizarro versions of tallahassee and columbus yeah like the right. doppelgangers, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Thomas Middleditch's character was like, oh, I have these commandments I live by, and <laughs> yeah, Lou Wilson was like this tough country, conservative redneck type guy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, that, that was kind of cool, and then uh, to see them kind of like banter back and forth, it was it was good.
1: Yeah, and that was like a big long thing where it was like some of the jokes landed and some didn't. Right. Yeah. Um, the guys that wrote this, well, there's three people have screenwriting credits, but two of them worked on Deadpool 1 and 2 together in oh. the original Zombieland. Oh, cool. Yeah, I yeah, could see Red, like Red a Reese lot of, and Paul Wernick.
0: Yeah, I, I could see like some stylistic uh, similarities, like especially with the way um, like writing shows up on the screen or the like words yeah. on the screen. I think that's kind of yep. very Deadpooly, Kind of like fourth wall breaking stuff. Yeah, right, right. Um yeah so what, what what did you think overall like what, what did you like what didn't you like about it
1: Yeah I mean that that visual of the five stars above my head with like different the meter being at different points in the different mo- different parts of the movie is so true like Yeah I think my favorite part and when the meter was high was during the action sequences mm-hmm. I thought they were shot really well and I just love watching these characters fighting zombies and there's a lot of, uh, it's always fun when there are women badasses in movies. So, like, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, and Rosario Dawson, it was really fun to watch them tear up a bunch of zombies. And Rosario Dawson gets to make up for the park penis parking lot joke by essentially saving everybody in this giant monster truck at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. But that was my favorite part of the movie, just these zombie-killing montages and acquaintances action sequences that I thought were really well shot, and there was some of that style style mixed in with, you know, double tap, like, appearing on the screen or whatever. Right,
0: yeah. I agree. Um, I think that's, like, the strength of the movie is, that, like, yeah, great action scenes, good sequences, and stylized uh, violence.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think the lows are, even though I did laugh a few times and there were some funny elements, a lot of the jokes were, were swings and misses for me. Mm-hmm. And some, in general, the script felt like it was just checking some boxes, even like the zombie kill of the week type stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, we did that in the first movie, so we got to do it now. It yeah. didn't fit in with the narrative as well as I thought it did in the first one. Yeah, I agree. From a plot perspective, uh, it did feel very like checking the box, kind
0: of robotic and, and not like you're really invested in the characters and their journey or like seeing any kind of, um, uh, what do you call that, oh, uh, character development going on. But, I mean, yeah. this this is also like a comedy where generally I feel like those things aren't like very prevalent in comedies, are
1: they? Uh, Yes and no. I feel like we've had this debate before, but I think a good comedy can be made better by in character investment and buy-in and, yeah. and a meaningful character arc. But, yeah, that didn't exist here, which was another downside for me. It, and at no point did you ever think one of these four characters might die. Like yeah. you just you knew how it all was gonna end up and and it's fine if you like mentally know that because you're like, oh it's Zombie Land These are like four huge characters that are not gonna die. Mm-hmm. But you never got caught up in the illusion in the movie either because they just didn't take the time to build that suspense. Yeah. Like right. when when as we talked about, when it seemed all was lost, it was like a span of one minute from where like everything was great. <laughs> Then things weren't great, then Rosaria Dawson saved the day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You never even had time to think, oh, things aren't going well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the stakes felt really
0: low throughout. And and actually, now that you say that, like, yeah, I think the original Zombieland and then movies even like Shaun of the Dead, uh, those do have, like, a lot more character building throughout, and you are, like, a lot more invested in the characters and, like, their struggle throughout the movie versus this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think when we had this debate last time, I used Tommy Boy as an example, and I I stand by that. (laughs) The gold standard for comedies. Yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. (laughs) It's pretty good.
0: It's pretty good. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, I I, I did appreciate, though, the new cast that they threw in. I I felt like the existing cast was kind of stale. Uh, and yeah, not, not much character development, you're not really invested in them. And I, th- I thought the only like bright parts when it came to like the script and the dialogue were all, all brought in by like the new cast, you know, the three or four different people they threw in. Um, I, I thought that was kind of needed. Otherwise, uh, I, I feel like it was kind of monotone throughout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it seemed like really the main emotional plot would have been between Tallahassee and Wichita and her leaving him with barely any notice. Yeah. But it really, it. <laughs> It was kind of barely there. It was, yeah. It just kind of resolves itself at
0: the end somehow. Yeah. Yep. Ah, that's really weird. Um, I was a little bummed the they, they didn't do much with the different um, zombie types. Like you know, they mentioned the zombies uh, becoming like ninjas and the Hawkins, and they were like that's like the opening. But I feel like that never really panned out more in the movie outside of like that new super
1: zombie. Yeah, there was a little bit of it. Yeah, there could have been more of that. That was another one of my favorite sequences when they were just going through those different types of zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those. kills. And the one they showed the Hawking, like a scientist in a lab or something, gets into a secret room. Oh yeah. Or a secure room like that's because it, it scans its eye, his eyeball. Yeah, and he bites. And the then eyeball. the zombie like goes down on the floor and rips off the eyeball of some dead guy and. Yeah, I really that. Yeah, that, the movie started off like super strong with
0: with that. Yeah, it did. It did. Um,
1: but yeah. I feel like it started off super strong and then it like fell for me and I was just like yeah. oh this is slow and not funny <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and, and you're you're right you know like and also you know given that the strength of this movie is like the great action scenes I didn't feel like the ending action scene was like as epic as it should have been like they didn't have any guns um, it's mostly like Rosario Dawson like running these zombies over and then like them just like getting the zombies to jump off a cliff um, I, it could have been like a lot cooler with like more cool kills I think
1: yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. I didn't think about that as it was happening, but yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh and then yeah, for, for for some reason throughout the film I, I kind of felt like the the humor did feel dated like so uh, a lot of it is on Woody Harrelson and his over aggressive character who hates like uh he's kind of like um I don't know what, what would you call it? He's not like a redneck, is he? he? He's
1: just like a super like He's kind of like Texas Mm-hmm. embodying in a character even though he's Tallahassee yeah but it's just like <laughs> big bold like steak and whiskey
0: right yeah. Yeah. Just like everything, like, yeah, you would expect. And so, in, in some senses, and then, yeah, like, you know, we talked about the uh, Madison being like the stereotypical uh, Ditz, you know, blonde. Uh, and then even like Berkeley being like this, uh, you know, West Coast guy who's like, goes getting high. I, I feel like there was some like tone deafness in the way that like they stereotype these characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was. It was, there was no, uh, no nuance to the characters. The characters were just. As much as I love those four main characters and I was happy to be with them again, mm-hmm. the characters were all poorly written in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> they could have they could have been
0: robots, like, oh, you're the one that does this, or you're the one that has, like, this personality you're the one. Right. This. Like, yeah. and even
1: these new characters that you're excited about, mm-hmm. it was mostly the actors in the roles that made it exciting. Yeah. Yeah. The sc- the script wasn't, like, very, uh, it,
0: it wasn't, like, full of twists or anything, it turns yeah. on the characters it was pretty Uh, vapid yeah did you like the post credit scene yeah yeah I thought that was funny it's always fun to see Bill Murray I know yeah (laughs) I kind of liked that scene better than like the epic like battle in in the movie I thought that was like a more fun scene
1: yeah Uh, I I think the Garfield 3 title was Flabby Tabby which was amusing uh, (laughs) (laughs) Flabby Tabby (laughs) yeah that's good that's good Uh,
0: how many uh, Flabby Tabby hairballs would you give this one I uh, give it three
1: Flappy Tabby hairballs. No, that's pretty generous. <laughs> pretty yeah, I mean, <laughs> I still liked it. It was fun. I I love these characters. I love the first one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I wasn't let down, but I wasn't, I didn't feel how exactly how I was truly hoping to feel. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think it was the tempered expectations <laughs> as we got closer to release and there wasn't much buzz. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that definitely helped. Going in and like being kind of hyped up on this uh, would have made things a little difficult and disappointing. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I gave it a 2.5, uh, mostly for the same reasons. Like it, it was watchable. It's like pretty entertaining. And I thought there were some like good jokes and banter throughout, but overall, I think um, some of it felt uh, like really repetitive. And um, yeah, the, the character side was missing.
1: Yeah, it's funny how someone can write like. All these scripts and all these jokes that you love, and then you see something else by them, and it's like, huh, this one doesn't work. <laughs> yeah,
0: interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I wonder what the difference is. I I just think when you're up on a sequel, like you always have that challenge of meeting expectations set by the first one.
1: Yeah. Have you heard of this movie? This is a jump in topic. Have you heard of this Netflix? I think it's a Netflix movie called Wine Country. Uh yeah. With um, it's got like some big uh, female leads, right? Yeah, it's basically like all the funniest women of the past like ten or fifteen years in a movie together. Like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, a uh, few people like that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, so I'm kind of talking out my ass, and I always get in trouble when I do this. But mm-hmm. I've heard it's really bad. Yeah, I think I just watched like a preview of it, and it looks like really stale in terms yeah. of like the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> and that that's one of those things where it's just like, how is it that all these people I love and yeah. whose work I really respect, and like who've written great stuff and acted in great stuff, it's just how could it flop so bad? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I know. I know. Uh yeah, it's it's a shame. Like you'd think you'd have all the right elements there and like why wouldn't it work? But yeah. still something goes missing. It's weird.
1: Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, I just to... like sometimes our episodes are bad and sometimes they're really bad. <laughs> I know. And I don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. know what makes the difference. I know. Just
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> still trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, anything else to add on this one? That's all I got. All right. Well, that's all for our discussion on Zombieland Double Tap. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our show and we always appreciate the love. If you want to join the discussion, find our social links on HorrorMovieClub.com or you can shoot us an email at podcast at HorrorMovieClub.com. We announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We also now have a Discord server where we're chatting with a few listeners and our fellow horror fans, so you can find the link to that on our website. We also have a Patreon page at Patreon.com slash HorrorMovieClub. Our logo is by Amy Made Pop Art, so check her out on Etsy.com. Until next time, if you're hiding out in a hippie commune during a zombie apocalypse, remember, no group sex.